Today's daf is Babakam daf Pei Hey. We are holding on daf Pei Dalid We're at the two dots, about ten lines before the end of the page. We're first going to discuss. There's a machlokas whether a person pays tsar even when there is no nezek. Meaning, if let's say you only cause pain, <coughs> but it doesn't actually damage the person otherwise, is there a tsar payment? And we're going to discuss how each side of that machlokas is going to read into the psukim that describe the payments a person has to pay. Then we're going to get into uh, the four possibilities of how to properly assess tsar. The Gemara is going to have four different possibilities. How do you assess how much pain, how much money to pay for a pain that a person is going through? Then the Gemara is going to explain both sides of machlokas, whether you pay ripoy and sheves for a wound that returns because of the sores that surround it. So the wound had disappeared, but then there were sores that developed around it, and that caused the wound to come back. So there's going to be a machlokas whether you pay ripoy and sheves for that second round of the, uh, of the wound, and we're going to try to explain that machlokas. And then uh, we're going to discuss, when you're paying for ripoy, what if there are cheaper options available? Why is it that the guy who did the damage can't say, you know, I'm a doctor, or I have a friend who's a doctor, or I know a guy who will do it for really cheap? Or why is it that you can't take a cash payout in lieu of a refuah? It's okay, I don't need a doctor, just give me the money, whatever a doctor would cost, I'm happier with the money. Why is it that we're not allowed to do any of those things? That's going to be on the bottom of Amid Alf. On, um, on Amid Bez, the Gemara is going to discuss how we know that the other four payments besides for Nezek are made even when you are already paying Nezek and how it's possible to make each of those payments without ever paying Nezek. Meaning, how can you have a case where there's repoy but no Nezek? There's Tsar but there's no Nezek, etc. Then the Gemara is going to talk about why is Sheves based on Shomer Kishu. And the Mishnah had said that how do we determine uh, the cost of lost work? The wages of a Shomer Kishu and of a guardian of a field of gore well, a person may have a much higher paying job than that. Why would you assess his shevis based on something like that? And then finally, the Gemara is going to discuss if a person was injured multiple times and you have not yet paid out or maybe even not yet assessed how much to pay and then uh, he, he, he deteriorates to the, to the point where the final injury you give him is uh, but would, would require a payment of his entire value. So do you pay the tsar separately and the bosha separately for each time you hurt him, or do you just say, okay, at the end, he was, uh, he's done with, so I'll just pay the Tsar and the Boshes at the, uh, at the very end, but not for each and every time that he was caused to suffer. So that will be the, at, the, at the end of the death. So let's begin about ten lines before the end of the page on Pei Dalaram Beis. So Tsar Kavao Bishvuro Bemismar. How do you have Tsar without actually having Nezek? If you burn him with, uh, with something, with some hot metal on his... Uh, right, so, so that's going to cause him a lot of pain. That's Tsar. Tsar Shalom B'makom Nezek Mishtalim Mantana. Who's the Tana that holds that you pay Tsar even without Nezek? Amarava ben Azahi, it's ben Azahi titanya, Rebbe Yomar Kaviyah Namratchila, ben Azahi Yomar Chaburah Namratchila. There's a machlokas, what does it say first in the Pasuk? Is it Kaviyah or is it Chaburah? Now what does that mean? We know what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk says, Kaviyah tachas Kaviyah, Petzah tachas Petzah, Chaburah tachas Chaburah. So obviously it's Kaviyah first in the, in the Pasuk. It's, we know what it, no, but what does it mean first? What are they arguing about? Rebbe Savar Kaviyah de Lesba Chaburah Mashba. The word Kaviyah alone had the Torah not further qualified anything, it would imply that there's no actual wound. All you did is cause him pain. You've burned him on his fingernail or something in a way that caused him pain. So, 
Chabura in Ilolo. When the Torah then says Chabura, a few words later, it's, it's showing us how to properly understand the term Kaviya, that Kaviya is only something that you're going to have to pay for if there's also a Chabura, if there's also an actual wound. Or Benazi Savar Benazi says, no, Kaviya de Ispa Chabura Mashma. With the word Kaviya alone implies that there's already a wound, implies that there's already a Chabura. Why then does the Torah have to specify Chabura? Either way, both opinions hold that whatever Kviya would mean alone is not what it means at the end, because the Torah has Chabura to change our impression of what the word Kviya would mean. The question is, what would we have assumed had we only had the word Kviya? That's the Machlokas. It's more logical to say the opposite, that Rebbe Yomer Kviya Nemrat Chila, when Rebbe says Kviya's Nemrat Chila, what he means is savar kviya di ispa chabura mashma. What he means is that had we only had the word kviya, I would have thought it meant something only that has a chabura. Kas rachman chabura l'gulayel ad kviya d'laspa chabura. Then when it says chabura, it's to tell me that kviya means something that does not have a chabura. So that's what he means when he says kviya nemra tchila. Kviya nemra tchila means at the end of the day, the word kviya means only a burn. It means only a kviya, not a. Uh, it means only the tsar, not a chabura. Not what he, he's not commenting on what the term would mean had it said nothing but kviya. He's commenting on once the Torah says everything that it does say, how are we supposed to translate kviya now? That's how Rebbe's understood. And Ben Azayomer, Chabura Nemrathil, when Ben Azay says it says Chabura first, he doesn't, obviously, it says Kaviya first. What he means is that when the Torah says Kaviya Lemaskana, that means a Kaviya that has a Chabura. Savar Kaviya Delespa Chabura Mashma, because had it only said Kaviya, I would have assumed it means a Kaviya that does not have a Chabura. That's why the Torah says Chabura to tell me that only Kaviya that has a Chabura, you're going to be Chayavan, but not if it doesn't have a Chabura. When they say Kaviya Nemr Tchila, Chabura Nemr they mean the maskana. Once the Torah says everything it has to say, and now I know how to title all the words, that's what they're, they're referring to. Not what the Hava Amino would have been had the Torah never followed up with Chabura Tachas Chabura. So that's one explanation of the Machlokas, just two ways to flip it around, what exactly, which, which side holds what, but that's one explanation of the Machlokas, that the Machlokas, whether you pay for Tsar, Shalom B'makam Chabura, all depends on how you understand the word Kaviya alone. Does the word Kaviya alone imply with a Chabura or without a Chabura? Because the Maskana, it's the opposite, since the Torah goes ahead and says Chabura. Or it could be everyone holds that the word Kaviya implies whether or not there is a Chabura. Over here they're arguing whether the term Chabura could come to qualify the term Kaviya, because the Torah does not say Kaviya Tachas Kaviya and then right away say Chabura Tachas Chabura. It interrupts it in the middle with Petza Tachas Petza. So, <laughs> Since it interrupts in the middle, do we have the right to say, normally when you have a klaluprat, the rule is klaluprat in bechal and When the Torah gives a general statement followed by something very specific, it's saying that the only application is in that specific application. But can we say that when there's another phrase in between? So Rebbe says we cannot treat it like a, like a klaluprat. Um, so when it says kavia, it's a klal that kavia implies whether there is a chabura or no. Chabura. 
had we darshan b'chalu prat, chabura tachs chabura would have qualified that and said, no, only if there is a chabura, but we can't. We can't darshan b'chalu prat. So kviya means whether or not there is a chabura. Sometimes you'll pay for tsar, even though there is no chabura. U ben says, we can still view chabura tachs chabura as a, as a qualification of kviya tachs kviya. V'chitem chabura l'rebi lamali. But if that's the case, why does Rebbe need the phrase chabura tachs chabura? It doesn't really add anything. We already learned from Kaviyah Tachas Kaviyah that, uh, that whether there is or is not a Chabur you have to pay. So says the Gemara, L'dami Yisairin. He uses it to teach that you pay the extra money. What does that mean, the extra money? So says Rashi, Dilok Sivel Kaviyah Tachas Kaviyah Hava Aminan Beinis Bechabur Beinis Bechabur Demei Kaviyah Meshalem Avotarti Lom Meshalem Kamash Mali Meshalem Tarvayu I would have thought if it only would have said Kaviyah Tachas Kaviyah that you always pay for the Tzar but not that you actually pay for the Nezek also. Meaning I only would have known that you pay for the kviya, not that you actually pay for the chabur also. Yes, kviya can mean two types of injuries. A type of injury that's only pain and no actual physical blemish, or a type of injury that's both physically, uh, leaves a physical blemish and is, is painful. And in both of those cases, you pay for the pain. But I wouldn't have known that you also pay for the chabura, so that's why I need the ekshpaz chabura, tachas uh, chabura. That's how, uh, that's how Rashi understands. Tulsus disagrees. Tulsus writes, "Ve'nir tsar nezek petza." We derive that you paid tsar even b'makom nezek from a different phrase. Why would we think that? Why would we think it? What's the havamina that you would only pay tsar and you wouldn't pay nezek and ripoy? That there's more tsar. There's more pain when the when the uh, pain was the result of an injury that leaves a mark. Even though he can't say there's more actual pain, he feels the same pain, but it seems worse, and therefore you pay more tsar when it leaves a physical mark. Forget about paying for the nezek. The tsar is more. You pay more tsar when it leaves a mark. That's what it means. Of course, the difficulty with Tosis is, what does that mean? Why would you pay more tsar if it leaves a mark? Tsar is specifically for the pain that one feels. The mark that it leaves should have no bearing whatsoever on the pain that one feels, but okay, that's the Machlokas Rashi Tosos. How do we measure the, um, the Tsar? So the way to measure it is we see how much would a person be willing to take to suffer this injury. So Tsar Makam Nezakei The Gemara is going to say precisely how do we do this measurement. So the Gemara is going to give four possibilities. Possibility number one, how much would you take to get your hand chopped off? If you're going to chop off a person's hand, he's going to suffer a lot more than just the pain. He's not going to have the use of his hand. He's going to have a lot of busha. He's going to all the things are included in that in that assessment when you ask someone, if I give you a million dollars, can I cut off your hand? And if the person is desperate enough to say yes, you give me a million, he's keeping into the cheshbon everything that he suffers on account of losing a hand. And what kind of people are these? Who, who has this conversation? Who, who thinks about this kind of thing? Who would even put a value on something like that? So that's crazy. So it says, well, that can't be what it is because normal people don't, don't talk like that. Ella's second possibility, he has a hand that's already useless. The hand is, uh, is paralyzed. It can't do anything. There's no blood flow to the hand. So he doesn't need it anyway. It's just there. So how much would he pay to... Uh, 
how much would, would he would he be willing to uh, to, to 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 take uh, in in for you to cut off that hand? Well, his his chopped off hand. It's also not just tsar. It's also boshas. Meaning, even if his hand is useless right now, but he pretty much looks like a regular person who has uh, who who who's physically complete. By taking off his hand, you're going to cause him more embarrassment because he's going to look like an amputee, and that's something that he doesn't want to uh, that he that he doesn't want to look like. So it's boshes also. It's not only tsar and 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 sight. Meaning, what's the boshes? Not just what he looks like. The Gemara says that's not the boshes. The boshes is that you're going to take a piece of his body, and throw it to the dogs. That's embarrassing. That his own body is going to become dog food. So that's embarrassing. That's a, a certain level of boshes that a person has as well. So there is a discussion in the postgame. If a person gets a limb amputated, every once in a while I'm asked this, uh, this question. Someone needs uh, either, I think a podiatrist once asked me about removing toes and uh, what does he have, what, what level of responsibility does he have for kavura on, uh, on, on the toes that, that he removes or uh, you know, a person goes through surgery where they have an appendix removed or something like that. Do you have to worry about how they're disposing of uh, human body parts? So the view that discusses in the Chuvan Madura Tinyani Yardaya Simresh Tas that a person who had his leg cut off and he wanted to keep it as a way of, uh, of, of, of arousing people's rachmanus so that they'll give him money. So he wanted to say, look, here's my leg. You can't, you know, aren't you going to give me money now? So uh, the Nodavida writes that there's no mitzvah of kvur in Ever Menachai. Um, and the fact that people bury these limbs is only to be matzal menatuma. The fact that people do it is because it is metame for Tumas Kohanim. So in order to protect the Kohanim from Tumah, you want to dispose of it properly so that a Kohen won't have access to it. In the Tshuva Shavos Yaakov, Chelev Beisim and Kovalev, is quoted in the Pischei Tshuva on the bottom of the Shulchan Aruch, he says that Eivim and Achai does not require Kvura, and his Rayas from Aru Gemara. What's the boshes of having his, uh, his limb cut off? That it's going to become dog food. Who's making it dog food? You bury it. No, apparently you don't bury it. Apparently you'd make it dog food. In the Tshuva Shavos Yaakov, he's not convinced that our Gemara is talking about a normal person. He's saying that so- someone might pay for it to use it as, uh, as, as dog food, but not that that's what you're actually supposed to do with it, or that that's even okay to do with a part of human body. Rav has a truth about this as well. He says that there's a uh, there's a chiv kvura even on every menachai, and uh, therefore a person should try to make sure that it gets uh, that, that that it gets buried. They bring a smach to this. The Adamel brings a smach from the Medrash in Bereishis Rabbah talks about Yiftach being punished for not wanting to go to Pinchas to be matir as neder. Right? Yiftach said the first thing that comes out of the door of my house, I'm going to bring as a carbon to Hashem, and the first thing that came out is his daughter. Now, he's faulted for that, not only for being so uh, short-sighted in the way he formulated his neder, but also for not trying to be mat the neder. Why would he go be mat the neder? I'm going to go to Pinchas, I'm going to go to Elio, I'm going to let him come to me. Why should I have to go to him? And then, therefore, he's stuck with his neder because he refused, he refused to go. So the Gemara, so the, the, the Pasuk over there, the, the Medrash highlights that uh, what happened was, limb by limb, they fell off of him, and it said, and the the medrash says, and the raya is because the pasuk in Shoftim Parikid Bay says, "Vayamas Yiftach Vayikbar Baare Gilad." 
Why Ba'are Gilad? Why not Be'ir Gilad? He said because he was buried piece by piece as, uh, as the limbs fell off. So you see from there that there's a Chiyuv, says the Medrash, to, to, says the uh, Yad Melech from that Medrash, that there's a Chiyuv to bury body parts. That's why Yiftach was buried piece by piece because it was uh, body parts. But anyway, so how do we do this assessment? So back in the Gemara, a third possibility. Omdim Kama Adam wrote to Liktolo Yadam how much would a person be willing to take in order to have his hand cut off with a more painful uh, form than uh, that, meaning with a sword rather than with uh, just a psalm rather than with medication meaning let's say the melech already made a decree this fellow's hand needs to be chopped off so his hands are gone he knows it's, 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 it's a lost cause but the king was, uh, was, was, uh, doesn't care how it gets cut off, so the, the executioner or whatever, the person who's supposed to, uh, who's supposed to cut off the hand, uh, could do it with some. How much would you, uh, would you take uh, if the person says, you know, I really want to use a sword for this. It would be so much easier. It's just, it's just quicker for me. How much money would I have to pay you to let me use a sword for it? So that's the, that's the way we do the assessment. So we're not talking about a sick person who's making up the idea of how much would I take for a limb. His limb is going to be gone anyway. It's purely, he knows his limb is gone. It's purely the difference for, of the pain. Samri Yachanami, lo shakal mitzar nafsheh. Gemara says, no one takes money for that. You wouldn't you wouldn't. You wouldn't take any money. You would say, do it properly with some, and don't give me the pain of chopping it off. Elos has a fourth possibility. Let's say the king says it should be cut off with a sword. So the question is, how much would he pay you to do it in the painless way? Meaning, that's the question. It's not how much he would take to suffer more pain. It's how much would he pay you to get out of the pain that he would otherwise have to suffer. So, frankly, the only problem with that is the language that we use. The Mishnah used the Lashon of how much would he want to take? And over here, it's not how much he's taking, it's how much he would want to pay to suffer less. So what it means is what, uh, how much of an exchange, how much money would need to be exchanged in order for the person to use the less uh, painful method. But in Echinami, it's really for him litain the money, but little the less painful method of having his hand cut off. Ripoy is defined as if uh, you, you cause a person a need for refuah, so then you have to pay for that refuah. And the Mishnah went on to say, and if, it, if you were merapayim, but then it comes back, and it's machmas hamaka, it's because of the injury that you caused him, you still have to pay for it. If it's shalom machmas hamaka, you don't have to pay for it. Tanra Abad, the Brisa details as follows. If let's say sores develop because of the injury that you caused this guy, and then because of those sores, the maka returns. I mean, sores develop around that area, and because of those sores, somehow that causes the maka to return. You have to pay the repoy on the Shabbos. But if it's not, the sores are not machmasamaka, then you don't have to pay the repoy of the Shabbos. Even if it returns, if the sores develop. 
held because of the Makkah, you only have to pay repoy, not Sheves. The Chamom and the Chacham say, Shifta Rufuaso, Kol Shachai Vesheves, Chai Vripoy, Vesheven Chai Vesheves, and Chai Vripoy. That whatever the Allah is, they always go hand in hand. Meaning you can't say that there's a situation where you pay the repoy and not the Sheves. If you're paying one, you're paying the other. If you're not paying one, you're not paying the other. That's the Shita of the Chamim. So, Bemaikamifli, what exactly is the Machlokas over here? It seems that we have at least two, potentially three opinions. So in this b'risa, because the Chachamim, it's not clear if the Chachamim are arguing on the Tanakama. They're clearly arguing on, uh, on, on Rabbi Yehuda. So Amar Rabbah, Ashkachtinu Rabbanu Bebei Rav, the Yasuvi the Rabbanu Bebei Rav explained, over here, what they're arguing about is whether one is expected to bind his maka to wrap it in in some sort of dressing, which is going to cause it to sweat a little bit, and it's going to be much more likely that sores are going to develop because of the dressing that he puts on the on the wound. So, do we assume that that's a normal and expected thing for a person to do to dress the wound, thereby causing greater risk of sores developing? The Rabbanon say that yes, and, and therefore when uh, the injury comes back as a result of those sores, that's all part of the initial makkah, so that's why you have to pay for that. And Rabbi Yudha says that you're not supposed to dress the, the wound, and if this guy did this, and that's why it developed sores, repoy the tanabe You're still going to have to pay for the repoy because the Torah said, He used a double lashon when it described repoy. Okay, so then you'll be chayiv. But Shavas, but Shavas, where it doesn't say Shifto Shaves or whatever, it just, it just says Shifto Yitain. It doesn't say uh, double Lashon. You're not going to be Chayev because the guy had no right to go put, put bandages on his uh, wound. And, uh, and I say, And then the Chachamim, meaning the third Shita, says that if it's, uh, if, if, if it's not Nitan Laeged, then and you're not paying Shavas, then you don't pay Ripo either. They always go hand in hand. So, Ela Dukuli Alma Maka. So it says the Gemara, I'm sorry, the Gemara is saying that it doesn't make any sense to pay one and not the other. That if, uh, if the Maka if, if, if the maka is not Nitan Ma'eged, you shouldn't have to pay anything. I don't care that the Torah says a double expression by Ripoy, but it's not your responsibility. The guy was negligent by, by putting bandages on. El Dukuli Alma Maka Nitna Everyone agrees you should put some bandaging on, but don't overdo it. You overdo it, you're going to risk sores. Review the And that's what Review says. Since you're not supposed to overdo it, if the fellow does overdo it, it's understandable that he would make that mistake and overdo it a little bit. But because he was not entitled to do that, you don't have to pay for his sheves. But the repo you still have to pay for because the Torah used a double expression, and he wasn't totally negligent. It was okay for him to dress the wound. He just went a little overboard. Since the Torah says repoy twice, you're chayiv on sheves also because we have a hekish between sheves and repoy. And Rabbi would say, no, you're not chayiv on sheves because the Torah says Rock shifto yitain. Rock is always an exclusion. For Rabbanan, rock l'shalamachvasamakudasa. The Rabbanan say no. The word rock is to tell you that if some sort of injury develops not because of the assault that you committed on this guy, that's what you don't have to pay for that repoy. And the last Rabbanan in the Brisa who say that shevis and repoy always go hand in hand. Repoy Why does it have to say Why does it have to say double expression of repoy? 
So they use it to teach a totally different thing. This is how we know that a doctor is permitted to heal. As, uh, t- as Rashi writes, And we don't say, how do you have the chutzpah to heal? HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided this person should be hurt, this person should be sick, and you're going to go against the will of Hashem and try to cure the person, try to heal the person. So that's why we need a special drush of the Pasuk tell us it's not a chutzpah it's all part of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to, for, for the doctor to do his best to, uh, to, to heal the person Maritz Chayis over here just wonders why it is that the Rambam uh, of all people leaves out this drasha doesn't mention uh, I, was just, uh, I just came across this morning a tshuva of Ramosha that I, I, was, I was unaware of but uh, is, is no gaya to, uh, to, uh, to someone I, just, I was just asked the Shaila recently Ramosha was discussing if let's say someone is told that he's not allowed to fast on Yom Kippur, but if they could give him an IV, he'll be able to fast on Yom Kippur. So uh, do you do that? Is, is, are, are you obligated to do that? He was asked. So if Moshe is of the opinion that you're not obligated to do that, and he says, Ulai gam iser, that there would be an iser to do that, to help him fast on Yom Kippur by giving him an IV. Why? So he says, it's based on the tosos right here, but Nitin Roshos Lerofe Lerapos. If you... Um, that uh, that Tosus writes, Why do you need the double expression to teach you that? Similar to what Rashi said, that you might have thought that when if someone assaulted somebody else, of course a doctor is going to be, do the right thing and he's going to help help him get better. But if it's Xerus Hamelech, if Hakadosh Baruch Hu made a person get sick, I might have thought that it's a chutzpah to try to make him better. So come Ashmulan, that it's not a chutzpah to try to make him better. So says Rav Moshe. Uh, that, uh, that, that, that you see that it's mutter to be mevatel the gzeres hamelech. Meaning it's not that it's not gzeres hamelech. We do believe that when a person gets sick, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did that, and he had a reason for doing it, but we have a mitzvah to be mevatel the gzeres hamelech, to try to undo the gzeres hamelech. Very similar to our mitzvah to daven. Right? We daven when something bad happens. Ah, chutzpah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided, and we're going to decide better. No, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to do whatever we can to change the gzeres hamelech. But he says... Maybe that's that that's only when uh, when 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 it's not kesosu gzeres hamelach when when there is a need for refuah. Meaning maybe this whole chiddush of nizra shosarov elirapos is when there's a need for refuah. But maybe if the whole issue is it's not that the person needs refuah. The person just needs to eat. He doesn't need uh, doesn't need refuah. He needs to drink. So then there's no actual need for refuah. So maybe you're not allowed to perform medical procedures when there's no need for medicine. When it's just a matter of a person of a person eating. That's a kodesh baruch saying. I don't want this person to fast on Yom Kippur. And you're going to go and you're going to make it that he's, gonna, that he's going to, to fast on Yom Kippur. Rav Moshe is working with the assumption that the person otherwise would have, to, would have to eat. That he's doing this so that he can fast. What happens uh, perhaps more often is that the person's not going to eat anyway. It's just a question of how much they're going to suffer. Are they going to suffer a lot or suffer a little? And then it's a question of whether that's appropriate to take away the Inui when the mitzvah of the day is, uh, is Inui. Okay, so Tan Rabban says the Bryce, Minayin Shemalub how do I know that if uh, that if uh, sores come because of the makkah and then the makkah comes back that you have to pay for ripoy and sheves? 
I might have thought that even if the sword is returned not as a result of the Maka Tamaloma Rak, that's why it says Rak, that only if it comes back Even Machmas Hamaka it's Pater because it says Rak. Some understand this means that even if it comes Machmas Hamaka, you're totally Pater, like the Rabbanu Basrei, the last Rabbanu and the Bryce who say that Sheves and Ripoy always go together. And some say, no, he means that you're, you're Pater from Sheves, but you're still going to be Chayiv in, uh, in Ripoy when the wound returns because of the sores that develop Machmas Hamaka. Amar Mar. Well, actually, before we move on to that, we shouldn't discuss why I need, as we, as we pointed out, Rashi tells us why I need a pasuk to tell me that it's Nitin Rishos Therope the Rapos, what the Hava Amina would have been otherwise. So I just mentioned the sheet of Rashi and tells us that, that the Hava Amina would have been they not allowed to be so Xeris HaMelech. There are other approaches in the Rishonim. The Ben Ezra in Shemos Perachafal Pasuk Yates says that it's telling me that, that, that he has the Rishos to be Merape only makos uptsoyim shenirim mi bachutz urufuaso niras abilchutz. Something that's evident, where you see the wound on the outside, but a holy bifnim, a holy inside the body, there's no rishus for the rofe lerapos. It's only biyad Hashem leraposo. A tremendous chiddush, which thank God we don't uh, we don't paskin like. Meaning any internal injury, the Ebenezer says there is no rishus uh, to be merapi. The Ramban alatorim vayikra perachavav paskirav on the pasuk rapayirape says. Uh, that it's coming to teach us that the that that the rishus is not given to the chola lisrapos. It's the doctor who comes to the chola that has the rishus that has to be noeg bedarke rafus. But the chola himself, in an ideal world, should have had bitachon ba'ashem and shouldn't have to turn to doctors. Also, very high madrega for a person to assume, and not one that we're supposed to assume nowadays. That a person is supposed to have this level of bitachon, they shouldn't even require a uh, doctor. And that's why the, the, the emphasis is placed that it's the rofe's job to be merape, it's the patient's job to have bitachon in the, uh, the, the ribonah shalalam. So there's a lot of different shitos and rishonim of what exactly this drasha is and what the limitations of this, uh, of this drasha might be. Okay, says the more further now. Amramar, yachal afil shalom achmasamaka, I might think even shalom achmasamaka, that you have to pay for tamalom arak. So ask the Gemara, shalom achmasamaka, bayikra, I need a pasuk to tell me that if a guy develops an injury that has nothing to do with what I did to him, that I don't have to pay. You know, I, 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 you know, I, I, I wound the guy's finger, and a week later he trips down and falls down the stairs. So have me know that I would have to pay for that. It's lo machmasamaka. Why would I need a pasuk to tell me you don't have to pay for something like that? So Amri, my shalom machmasamaka. What do we mean shalom machmasamaka? Kitatanya harishavra al divrei rofe vachol dvash or kolmi nimetikum and pnei shadvash or kolmi nimetikum kashon lemaka velamakasu grugasni yochli yechayv leraposo tamalama rak. I mean, sometimes if I injure somebody, it's going to cause, it's going to cramp his lifestyle because the doctor's now going to tell him that as a result of this injury, you're not allowed to eat this kind of food, you're not allowed to eat that kind of food. Now a person with seichal has to follow the instructions of the doctor and he should not eat those kinds of foods. 
But but those are foods he would had I not ever attacked him, he would have been able to eat. So what if he does eat those kinds of foods and his condition deteriorates? Do I have to pay for the new refuah? So there's a havamina that yes, because if had I not come along, there's nothing would have happened to him from eating the honey and eating the sweet things. But that's the Kamash Mulan. The rack comes to teach me that I don't have to pay for that. That his new matzav in life is that his diet has to change. And if he doesn't change his diet, that's his problem. It's no longer my problem. My Gargusni, what does it mean, Gargusni? So that that's what's going to develop if he eats the wrong things. Amrabai Nasa Karifta. It's a dead skin. Mayasu say, how do you cure dead skin? So the gets a little bit into Rufur now. Ahala Vakira Vakalba. They take a certain type of, uh, of, of weed or, uh, or sap of a tree and some wax and a barrel of wine. Okay, and then the Gemara says, what if the uh, guy who, who injured the other party says, I'm a doctor, I'll cure you. Instead of paying for a doctor, just let me do it. You, you're the, the lion that attacked me in the first place, so no thank you. I don't want you to cure me, I want you to hire another doctor who's going to cure me. If you, you'll forgive me for not trusting you after you just assaulted me. And he says, well, well, but I know a guy who works for free. I know a doctor who works for free, so maybe I can get that guy to come. So I'm like, Asid the Muggin 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 Shava. A guy who works for free is worth uh, about, uh, what he charges, so no thanks. I'd rather have a doctor who doesn't work for free. If he says, Oh, but I have a guy who will come from a faraway place, and you should know in that place there's a socialized medicine or whatever, so the doctors uh, cost almost nothing, so he'll be happy to get whatever you give him. You know, he'll take a lot cheaper than what, what it would cost over here. So I'm like, Asid Ruchika in Avira. Yeah, and after he cures me, he'll go back to whatever town or country he lives in, and I'm never going to hear from him again, and if he kills me, it's not going to bother him, because no one's going to, no one knows him, so I'm not interested. If the victim says, you know what, instead of paying for my refuah, give me money, just give me the money that you would pay, and I'll deal with it myself. No, because then you're not going to deal with it properly, and you're going to end up asking for more money, because you you will never have, have healed yourself properly. And if he says, uh, okay, so set an amount of money that you'll give me for this refuah, and I promise you'll never have to give me another penny, and let me deal with it on my own, let me pay for it on my own. No, but then if you don't take care of yourself properly, everyone's going to say that I never took care of you, that, I, that I'm a Sharam Azik who never, who never did what I was supposed to do in terms of paying for it. So therefore, you get a normal doctor, you pay for the doctor, you don't pay the money to the guy directly, you pay for a proper doctor to heal him properly. So, we had mentioned that all of the other four forms of payment, the Tsar, the Ripoy, the Shevis, and the Boshes, are paid even when you're paying Nezek. How do I know that's true? Amr Amr that teaches me that you pay for tsar even b'makom nezek. Don't we already need that drasha to tell me that you pay uh, even if you damage him b'shogeg or b'ones? That's how I know that you pay for for both. That uh, that that you pay for tsar even when you're already paying for nezek. To tell me that uh, you pay for refua b'makom nezek, that you pay for refua even when there is uh, when 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 you already paid for the nezek. But don't we already need for the ton of the Rabbi Shmuel? That's where we learn that a doctor has 
permission to heal. So can it also teach me that you pay for Rufuah b'makam nezek? So it says, yeah, it could teach me both. Because if it's only telling me that a doctor is allowed to heal, it should have said, the doctor can heal. Why does it say, to tell me that you pay for Rufuah even if you're already paying for nezek? <coughs> but didn't we already use the double expression for on Ahmed Aleph to teach uh, to teach a separate drasha? So how many different drashas? You can learn three separate drashas from uh, from So imkain lemakra o rapo rapo o yirape yirape. So it's from the double expression, the fact that it doesn't say and the fact that it doesn't just repeat the same word twice, that it changes the formulation of the word, so we're in fact able to learn three separate drushos from this one phrase. But this whole discussion implies from the fact that we're saying you pay these four payments even if you're already paying Nezek. That implies that it's possible to pay each of these four payments when you're not paying Nezek. How does that ever happen? When would you ever be paying for a Rafua, let's say, when there's no Nezek? Or for Tsar when there's no Nezek? So the Gemara goes through one by one. <laughs> we already discussed tsar. How do you pay for tsar? You take a hot metal and you burn his fingernail. So it's extraordinarily painful, but there's no damage. He's worth exactly the same on the slave market that he was worth before. It doesn't cause him any loss of work or anything else. It's just, it's only pain. So that's tsar without nezek. Ripoi, how do you have ripoi? Davakavlemidi. Something uh, hurts, visalik, and you get rid of it. Vaisile samacharifa, and uh, you bring a, 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 a medication that will work quickly. Vaachavre libisre, but the medication whitens his flesh. So now there, he needs another medication to bring the color back to his flesh that it shouldn't look funny. But it's not, uh, for that, there's no nezek. That's purely refu at that point. All you're paying for is to, to, to give him the normal look of skin again. Sheves. If you lock him in a jail and you just cause him not to be able to do work. So you didn't injure him, you didn't physically harm him at all. You just stopped him from doing work. So then you have to pay for that Chevis, which is interesting. That sounds like a grama, right? Meaning you're, uh, you're, 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 you're inhibiting his, his ability to be mobile and uh, that's what's causing him to lose out on work. But nevertheless, we assume that you do have to pay the Chevis for that. Boshes the Rakle Ba'ape. How do you have Boshes without any Nezek? You spit in the guy's face. That's very embarrassing to the fellow that he got spit in his face, didn't do any damage to him, didn't do any harm to him, he wiped it off and went on with his day, so that's, that's a case of Boshes, without any Nezek. Sheves So he said, to pay for Sheves, you have to view him as if he's a, he's a guard on a field of gourds. If you're going to say, that's not fair at all. It could be he was very physically strong and he was able to schlep buckets of water. So he had a high-paying job, a schlepper of buckets of water, not a Shomer Kishuin. Or he was a messenger boy, he was able to run from one place to another, now you cut off his leg. No, no, it's fair. If you actually cut off his hand or cut off his leg, you're paying for the hand and the leg. That's already Cheshbedin, if he used to be able to schlep water or serve as a messenger. Now you're only paying for what he would be able to do without a leg or an arm, and if he has to miss time for work for that. 
You cut off a guy's hand, you pay for the value of his hand, plus whatever work time he misses as a Shomer Kishun. If you broke his leg, you pay for the leg, and uh, the Sheves, the time of work that he misses, but only as if he were a Shomer of Pesach, he would regard at the door and would never have to run, would never have to move. You pay for the value of the eye, plus whatever work he misses and that a blind person would be able to do, like grinding at a mill. If you made him deaf, then you pay for everything, his entire value, because he has no value in terms of work if he's a, if he's a cherish. The Chavetz Chaim quotes this Gemara in his Hakdama. Chavetz Chaim goes through how the, uh, the, the Ramach Evarim of a person's body relate to Ramach Mitzvah Saseh, and a person's going to get Olam based on how his Mitzvah Saseh related to his Ramach Evarim and how healthy he's going to be in Olam relates to how his Mitzvah Saseh nourished each of the Evarim, and he says that you see the, the Cherish, the person who, uh, who doesn't use his mouth and ears properly, he's uh, not able to hear, he's worthless. So spiritually, the damage done by Lashon Hara makes a person worthless. A person is always going speaking Lashon Hara, and he's always hearing what the gossip is so that he can go pass it on to the next guy. It makes him spiritually worthless because that's, it's, it, there's, a, there's a correlation, there's a parallel between what happens in the physical world and what happens in the, uh, the spiritual world. So that's the Chavetz Chaim quotes this Gemara. Tomorrow we'll pick up with Bayu Rava, with Rava's Shailah.